0: Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, editor at True Idaho News. Your host for the next half an hour as we explore issues facing Idaho and America From a Judeo-Christian perspective, which is my custom. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now that Idaho's primary election is over, hopefully all the political signs start disappearing along the roadways and we can start seeing grass again and businesses. It uh, is actually, I think, probably one of the most overwhelming years I've ever seen. So many political signs. So let's hope they go they go down right away and we resort uh, to a, a uh, normal appearance to our city and our state. Um, there's a lot of conservative voters out there who might be a little bit upset about what happened. And I think, you know what, there's actually some good things that happened. And I have uh, some of those things written down. I want to talk about some of those. But with me today to discuss that is Wayne Hoffman, who is the president and founder of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, to talk about this particular election. Wayne, welcome back to Keep the Republic. Hello, hello. Glad to have you. I, I take it you've been making the rounds, talking to a lot of people about what's been going on. Yeah, I've been in a lot of
0: conversations today. Um, really, it's it's mostly good. It's mostly good. As I'd like to tell everybody that in every election cycle, um, people that you love and care about and voted for, maybe gave money to or volunteered on their campaign, they're going to lose. If you're involved in politics at a high level um, and you're watching this intently and you have, you have people that you love, um, that's just going to happen. The folks that you like are going to lose and that did happen this time there were a few people that um i wish had won Uh, their races were really close but at the end of the day what i look for is did we gain net gain conservatives in the state house and the answer is by a long shot yes
1: interesting interesting uh so you're talking about at the legislative level then so,
0: yeah, so, I mean, uh, a certain, well, statewide, we won a um, uh, an attorney general, uh, uh, or at least it looks like we're going to have a uh, conservative attorney general in Raul Labrador. That that's good news. Um, and uh, on the at the legislative level, it um, uh, looks like we'll have between twelve and fourteen conservatives in the state senate. Now as of right now in the state senate i can count on two fingers the number of con- actual real consistent conservatives in the state senate mm-hmm. so that's pretty remarkable
1: That that is a huge swing in the senate because the senate this past Ooh. session I, I was looking at your freedom index votes most of them uh received below 50 percent
0: yep and uh, many of those folks are um, not going to be there come January, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we've got some good people, some of them we've known from the past, uh, people who made their way were from the, the House to the Senate, people like Tammy Nichols and Ben Adams um, but then you have some folks who uh, have been in the legislature before people like uh, Phil Hart, and Phil Hart is a reliable conservative vote, uh, he was back in the, uh, about 10-12 years ago when he was in the State House Representative, so he's a, a great addition, and and um, there are many other folks that we have worked with and we know and we expect are going to be very, very reliable, good, solid conservative votes. I can tell you the other thing, too, is as a result of that, it would be my expectation that uh, Chuck Winder will not be the pro tip of the state Senate.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to have enough votes. Just just yep. looking at the number of conservatives that are now in, in the Senate. A couple other folks that I wanted to take a note of regarding the Senate. Uh, Greg Cheney, who had been in the House... And had been kind of somebody that I would consider to be more of a statist if I was going to put a label on him because he he claimed to be conservative, but you looked at it that the uh, legislation that he supported and that he authored, it was making bigger government all the time. And that's not what a conservative does. That's that's what I would label as a statist. And he was deciding to run from the house to the senate. He was beat by Chris Trakel. Uh, Chris Trakel now going to be a senator in District 11. That's a good thing. We also have uh, Jim Woodward up north in District 1, who was part of the, what I call the flip flop five. This is the guys the uh, the five senators who flipped their vote and allowed. Uh, brad little to keep us in a state of emergency for as long as he wanted <laughs> so um he's gonna be gone as will fred martin be gone he's a he's a longtime senator and he was beat by house representative uh cody galloway so there's uh, several of the flip-flop five are gone
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, it's hard to look at that and conclude and anything. But and, and Jim Patrick, by by the way, who's another who was another part of the flip flop five. Jim Patrick, he's gone too. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty incredible... Uh, that was Chicago a narrow vote. ...who uh, was dishonest with members of um, uh, his uh, constituency about his work to beat to back critical race theory. He lied to his constituents saying that he was fighting that stuff, and actually he was uh, aiding and abetting it. Uh, he's gone. So, yeah, all in all, a really, really good evening in the um, in the elections for um, uh, the direction of the state senate.
1: Agreed. And, and uh, as I was starting to say, there, that was a very critical vote with mr patrick um i think he lost by 36 votes and glenetta by the way uh, i forget how to pronounce her last name uh, it's got a lot of consonants in it Duterfeld. but th- say it again Duterfeld. there you go thank you uh, my apologies to glenetta i always refer to her as glenetta when i talk with her uh, but she won by a whopping 36 votes um unfortunately in the house ron Nate staunch staunch conservative uh, bulwark of you know strong constitutional values, he lost his election by 36 votes. And uh, unfortunately, uh, as I've been uh, we lost several people, several strong conservatives in the House on the east side of the state Chad Christensen's gone, Kerry Hanks has gone. Uh, and but what really was upsetting when they lose by just 36 votes and then you find out how much their candidates, the opposition lied during the election. That's what really bothers me about this whole thing. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of frustrating because... um For some reason, the leftists always resort to dishonesty in order to get their way. And it's usually, you know, lying about an endorsement or, you know, misstating their voting record, uh, hiding the truth, uh, um, lies of omission relative to what their records actually are. Um, Very disappointing. And the other thing, too, is that you have a lot of groups come in and, provide what's called an independent expenditure, meaning they, they spend money in a race independent of the candidate, and they lie, they, they make up, their names are, are lies, you know, we had, uh, this time we had Idaho Liberty Pack, which was basically just um, uh, a big money collector for leftist interest groups to uh, pretend as if they were, you know, pro-liberty, pro-limited government, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, organizations that put the word conservative in their name or in their advertising. Yeah, it, it's it's really too bad because we all know what they're about. We all know what they're trying to do. And uh, despite all that, we still managed to come out net positive in the uh, 2022 uh, primary elections.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that, the, especially in the Senate, as you say, but those lies really bother me. And I, I was talking to somebody about this as to, you know, what what does it take to win? And you, you, we try to have honesty and ethics. And when you take a look at the founding of this country, that was a fundamental understanding of how this government was supposed to work. In fact, to hold public office, and a lot of folks don't realize this, but if you go back and look at the constitutions of the various states before they became united, Every one of those uh, colonies became states and individual countries, and they had their own constitutions. And I believe in 12 of the 13 of them, you had to swear that you were a believer in the Bible before you could hold public office. One or two of the states, you even had to say, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the son of God in the um uh, in the Constitution, so you really had to have this Judeo-Christian ethic in order just to hold public office, and that was the mindset that these delegates had when they came together to rewrite the Articles of Confederation and create the, what we now have as the U.S. Constitution. So that was the thinking; it was a Christian consensus, a Judeo-Christian philosophy that permeated the the society. That we have to have these kind of ethics; people have to be ethical, and I think. You have people on the conservative side, which the um, liberals or the moderates or whatever you want to call them, uh, they will call, they'll say, we are the extreme right. To which Uh I I say, when is it extreme to want to govern in in accordance with the Constitution? I don't see how that's extreme.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the thing you have to ask yourself is, why was that a requirement? And the reason it was a requirement is because there was an understanding that you had to have a moral um, a, a moral society, a just society, and you had to have uh, intelligent voters to make decisions about who ought to be in those positions of extreme importance and power. And when you remove that, when people are willing to lie in order to get into office, uh, it tears down the fabric of of uh, what a government is supposed to do. Um, it starts to become opportunistic and cronyistic, and it starts to um, uh, create systems toward its own ends, instead of the ends and the needs of the people that it's supposed to serve. And that's the reason why it's very concerning when you use uh, lies and um, misdirection and um, innuendo in order to get people elected. So. That that they can go and do the bidding of bigger government.
1: It, it is really sad. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is Keep the Republic here. This is uh, Dr. Daniel Bobinski. We're talking with Wayne Hoffman, president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, about the recent the primary election here in Idaho. And we're just talking about these, these deceptions, these lies, a couple of them that I wanted to point out just to let people know some specifics oh. here. If I may, they have the uh, Mr. Mike Simpson, Congressman Simpson, who on his campaign literature uh, posted pictures of his opponent, Brian Smith, wearing anti-Trump gear, anti-Trump, you know, merchandise. Those, none of those pictures were ever real. All of that was photoshopped. So that's, in essence, lying. Uh, Mike Simpson, go ahead.
0: go ahead. Yep, you're absolutely right.
1: And, and yep. Mike Simpson said he was endorsed by Donald Trump. Not during this election he wasn't. He was endorsed two years ago when he was running in the national election, and in, in, in the November election he was, he was running and he was endorsed by Trump. But his campaign literature now against Brian Smith says endorsed by President Trump. When he wasn't, that's very deceptive.
0: yep absolutely and um, and uh, uh, I think it's it's frankly um, um, un American to try to win a seat to win an election using deception as your primary vehicle
1: uh, and if you want to go that far, I'm, I, would, I would agree with you by the way. And I would look at that same kind of practice that we saw with Scott Bedke, who won over Priscilla Giddings for the lieutenant governor's chair. The lieutenant governor now uh, is going to be Scott Bedke against some Democrat. This guy put out his campaign literature uh, calling Priscilla Giddings a liberal and (laughs) calling himself a conservative. And I I put on my Facebook page, I said, you know, if Scott Bedke is conservative, then I'm a purple Sasquatch who eats organic gypsum while watching the Hallmark Channel. It's just not true. Priscilla Giddings is not a liberal. And he's, he's on his campaign literature pointing out that she wanted to defund the police and that she voted against them getting extra guns and vests and things like that. And what she did, this is a twisting of what really happened. They wanted to uh, bring more money in to bring more state police to the Capitol. That's all it was, was to bring more state police in the Capitol. Well, there's already a lot of state police at the Capitol. They wanted more. This was, in my opinion, money coming from Brad Little to try to win votes in the police ranks. This is my opinion only, okay? I have no verification of that, but that's my opinion. And that, so here we get this bill gets put forth, and now Bedke uses that uh, against Priscilla Giddings in his campaign. I, I, again, I, I love your 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 word there, Wayne. It's it's unAmerican.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the reason why. And I've said this. I when I, I, I was I've attended a lot of Lincoln Day events this year, and I've been invited to speak at a lot of a lot of events and Lincoln Day events. And uh, I tell everybody, listen, I'm going to ask you to do something that's really, really hard, which is do your research, do your homework. Um, it's not enough to know that a person is pro-life, or they're pro-second amendment, or they maybe occasionally have voted for a tax cut bill. Um, it's a sum total of your voting record, and we make it easy with the Freedom Index. But you know, even then, go look at what we've what we've analyzed. Go look at you know, the different legislators' voting records and see what, what comprises those scores because it's not enough to just see an R next to somebody's name and, you know, say, oh, they must be on our side, or you go up to them and say, well, are you conservative? And invariably, and, and you see this all the time where um, somebody says, how dare you say that I'm not a conservative? I'm pro-life, I'm pro-Second Amendment, I voted for tax and tax cuts. Um, yeah, those are great. I'm glad you did those things. But what about the other ways in which you expand the size and scope of government and in doing so reduce the value of things like families, churches, communities, and charities? Um, Those things matter, and they matter a lot. So to know all that and to be an informed voter so that you're basically bulletproof against the lies and distortions, that's huge. And a lot of people this time did exactly that. and that's why we ended up with with a net positive in legislative races. So I, I think that, um, you know, the, the electorate out there, they've been tricked before. Idaho voters have been tricked for decades into believing that they were getting something that they're not. And that change has been taking place over the last uh, 12 or so years.
1: Well, this is where I think your organization is so valuable to the state. And that you and the Idaho Freedom Foundation do keep track of the different bills. You do rate them. You do rate uh, how, you know, you keep track of how people vote on these things when they're in the House or the Senate. And you keep a record of it. So it's easy for people to get when they, you get your freedom index. You can go to the Idaho take and look at the freedom index over there. You can find out how people vote. And that never used to be. In fact, uh, in fact, you and I, Dwayne, have joked in the past about this uh, this Take Back Idaho organization, and I joked and said, "Yeah, they want to take Idaho back to before they were held accountable by the Freedom Foundation." <laughs>
0: so. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was easier before. I remember this. I was there, you know. I remember going back to the uh, mid to late '90s when, you know, the agencies would come in, they'd want something, and they'd basically get it. Or a special interest group came in and wanted something, and then they'd get it. And when we came in on the scene in 2008, 2009, and uh, we'd go, you know, people would come in and testify in legislation, and they'd all support it, and then we'd be those guys who would testify against it. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, legislators saying, well, wait a minute. How could you be against this bill when the industry wants the bill? And the answer was very simple. The industry wants what it wants because they're a special interest, and they want to get something out of you by passing a law. So we don't look at it that. We look at things very, very differently. We represent the unrepresented. We're we're lobbyists for freedom, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if, if you, uh, I like to say, you know, there's no lobby for um, um, that 16 year old who dreams one day of entering an occupation that's today unregulated that might be unregulated next year because of some law that gets passed, keeping him away from his dream of, you know, pursuing a career.
1: And and you meant regulated there. We represent that guy. Yeah. I I misspoke there and said unregulated, but you talk about being regulated. So it's about growing government. When an agency comes in and says, I want this, they go, oh, they must need, well, wait a minute. That's growing government. That's making bigger government. We don't want that.
0: Yeah, the metrics are all different. It used to be, um, um, okay, you've come with an idea. uh, Convince me that this idea is a good idea. And now the, the metrics are, tell me why... Uh, we should be doing this when we should pr- pursue a free market alternative, a conservative alternative, and that's very different. It's no longer well. What does the agency think? You know how many legislators used to ask me, "Well, what does the agency think?" Anytime he brought a bill or an idea, what does the agency think? Now that's less of an issue. The agency works for us. We care. We, it, 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 we're we're the constituents. They 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 are um, uh, they. Exist off of our dollars, and uh, we need to reframe the role of government, the structure of government, so it's not just about what the agencies and what the special interest groups want. The taxpayers, the the individuals who, who uh, are the backbone of this economy, uh, who have been considered essentially a secondary uh, factor in decision-making in the past. They're now in front of center of decision-making, and it's changed. It's different, and it's for the betterment of not only Idaho, but the entire country.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, If you're tuning in just now, you're listening to Wayne Hoffman here on Keep the Republic. Wayne Hoffman, president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. And you can support this show, by the way, by going to conservativesof.com and clicking on the donate tab. They are the sponsor of this show, Conservatives of... Uh, they help keep track as well of what's happening and they recommend conservative candidates and help support them. You can also go to brightteonstore.com, B R I G H T E O N store.com, and use the promo code KTR stands for Keep the Republic. Pretty easy to remember. brightteonstore.com is a pretty cool online store because you can buy all sorts of great quality stuff made in America. That's high quality, not full of glyphosate and those kind of things, those kind of supplements that you get from China that might not necessarily provide all the things that the label says. Uh, But brightteonstore.com And if you shop there using the promo code KTR, you are supporting this show and you're going to save some money yourself, too. Uh, Wayne, in our closing minutes, I want to talk a little bit about some of the candidates and get some of your thoughts if you want to. Um, we've got, uh, Jim Woodward up north who was one of the flip flop five. I mentioned him. We got Scott Herndon took his place. Uh, Scott, very pro-life, very strong, strong, constitutional conservative. Uh, what, you, what can you tell us about Scott?
0: Uh, you've said it, he's not only pro-life only a constitutional conservative but somebody who understands the proper role of government and um, I think you can expect him to be um, a great partner with um, people like Heather Scott and um, uh, you know the um, uh, the other conservatives in the state legislature, he's, he's uh, I think he's going to fit right in and um, uh, uh, not be intimidated or bullied or harassed by agencies or lobby groups uh, to vote a certain way, he's um, uh, he's he's going to be um, a really, really staunch, uh, consistent, reliable conservative vote in the Senate.
1: Cool, and he's up in District One. Up also yep. up north ways is District Four. You've got uh, Paul Amador, who started off as a his in his life as a Democrat, was very Democrat. One of his um, I, I know the story. This and I don't have the time to tell the whole story, but he. He was uh, convinced to change his affiliation to Republicans so he get, could get elected in that office into that uh, district, which he did. And he's been voting in the House, District 4, pretty much like a Democrat ever since. And he lost to Elaine Price, who's now going to be a representative up there uh, in uh, District 4B. What can you tell us about Elaine? Elaine?
0: good gal Uh, again uh, very studious Um, she's asked a lot of really uh, smart questions she's a go-getter she's also um, i can tell that she's going to be really really tied to uh, uh, the community and the cooney county republican central committee Uh, she understands uh, that the district is is very very right of center and um, and well i think you can count on her to be a very consistent conservative as well
1: yeah so at the at the statewide level we have uh, a, a nice farewell party planned for Lawrence Wosden. Uh, yeah. This guy is, uh, it's amazing to me, and I'm going to speak personally again. This is my opinion. I've seen him speak several times. I've listened to him on audio and videotape several times, and he really has a habit of uh, being condescending to those who's, to who's in his audience. And he talks down to people, and I'm kind of glad to see him go because when I heard him talk, it was like he wanted to wear multiple hats that sometimes he was the the uh, the governor's attorney. And he said, well, I can't discuss that because of attorney-client privilege. And then that sometimes he's supposed to be the state's attorney, right? And I'm supposed to represent the state. And it was like um, a very muddy little mess in the attorney general's office. Um, and then we have Raul Labrador, thankfully, coming in now to replace him. Uh, would you want to speak to that situation at all
0: yeah uh raul's a good man i 've known Raul for many, many years, and in fact, when raul was first um Raul and I were first talking about him running for the legislature in the mid two thousand five ish i want to say and um you know he and I were talking about how conservatives at that point in time had a tendency to their greatest skill you know, was putting the rock on the no button and kind of going home so whenever a vote came up they you know you had four or five people who consistently voted against legislation but they didn't propose conservative ideas they didn't advance they didn't move the needle on uh, conservative public policies they just kind of cast the contrarian vote and Raul kind of was with a coalition of legislators um 2007 8ish who were changing the paradigm. It was still early days back then, uh, but he was one of the guys who uh, worked hard against the establishment folks and took some risks in doing so. Um, he, in fact, um, helped us get rid of the uh, establishment Republican Party chairman at that point in time, this was about 2008, against all the political risks that he had to absorb and try in trying and helping us do that. So, so he's a, um, uh, a person with a backbone, which is sometimes very difficult to find in politics, and he's kept that backbone all these years. And um, I would say that he views the attorney general's office differently as not being the lawyer for the governor, but being the lawyer for uh, the citizens of Idaho to pr- promote and preserve and protect uh, our uh, God-given freedoms. Uh, can't say enough good things about him. And his perspective in the attorney general's office is going to be, A very, very welcome uh, change of pace for that office.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, Wayne. Thanks so much for joining us here on Keep the Republic. Your insights are always very welcome here.
0: Anytime. Anytime, sir.
1: You bet. You bet. Well, as I said, you've been listening to Keep the Republic here on KBXL, sponsored by Conservatives of. Visit conservativesof.com click the donate tab and help support conservative candidates as well as this station. And I do want to remind listeners to go to brightteonstore.com and use the promo code KTR. That's going to be helpful as well. If you want to listen to any of our past shows, or if you want to listen to this show again, you can go to 941thevoice.com. That's 941thevoice.com. Click on the archives tab and choose keep the Republic. You can listen to this show and any of our past shows. I want to thank Wayne Hoffman with the Idaho Freedom Foundation for joining me on today's show. Great information, Wayne. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be
0: blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.